You're listening to the Grow Further Podcast, dedicated to helping you on your journey to get from where you are now to where you want to be. I'm Christy. I'm Ellie. And we are your hosts. Grow further with us, starting now. Hey, everybody. This is Chris. Welcome back to the Grow Further Podcast. Really excited that you're coming back for part two with our very own Michelle Peluso. Now, just in case you missed part one and you didn't get to hear a little bit about her biography, Michelle Peluso, our guest today, is our chief customer officer and co-president of CVS Pharmacy. She was CEO of Travelocity, CEO of Guilt. She serves on the Nike board, has been serving on the Nike board for over nine years and she has served in other various senior leadership roles within IBM and City. We are so fortunate to have her. And she's one of these people that when you listen, you just know that she's meaning what she says. She's so passionate about people bringing their truest selves to work. And that is what this episode is all about, is about the importance of authenticity, how she brings it and what life lessons she learned when visiting schools with her daughter. We'll be talking about the importance of asking really great questions. And we'll also get into what's written on her running shoes. So without further ado, let's get into part two with our very own Michelle Peluso. When you speak, and I've talked to you about your authenticity level, and just I feel like I'm just seeing you. I think that that's one of the reasons I said to myself, I my goal is to get Michelle Peluso on this podcast because I want to break this down because I think far too often we are so polished. And it's like yeah. you are polished, but you're yourself. Yeah. And so I would look. Go ahead. I think part of it, Chris, well, thank you for that, by the way. This is really kind of you. But I think it's that um, it comes back to what I said earlier. Like if you're confident in the things you know about yourself, your values, your some of your skills that you know you're good at, et cetera, but you're humble and um, transparent about the the messiness, the things that aren't going perfect, the, right. the times you have messed up, the things you want to learn. Um, I think when you pair those, it uh, for me at least, it's been a recipe for for success. But I think it also leads to authenticity because you're not afraid to say, "Oh my gosh, I screwed up on this," or like, "I have no idea what yeah. I'm talking about," or uh, you know, and, uh, on this topic and. Because also you pair that with the confidence and the things you do know about yourself. Yeah, right on. I mean, and to connect our earlier conversation around a learn-it-all leader, mm -hmm. a learn-it-all parent, a learn-it-all person in your community, friend, mm -hmm. what role does authenticity play in that, And if any, in your mind? And then I'd also ask you to explore what the definition of authenticity is to you. Yeah. Well, first of all, you're an extremely authentic leader. I hope you know that about yourself. So um, this is a skill you should be speaking about and, and you should be doing your own podcast to yourself. You should interview yourself, Christy. Uh, uh, totally. Maybe next time. <laughs> no, um, thank you. Well, look, I don't always get this right. As a matter of fact, sometimes and far too often in my personal life with my kids or my um, my friends or family, and I have an extensive network of friends and family, which has been always a huge part of my life. Um, sometimes I like jump to conclusions, right? I like to solve things. I like to solve things. So sometimes yeah. um, I jump too, right away. Too quickly? Like, yes. Yeah, like, what's the yeah. solution here? Like, how are we going to move to solve? So I just want to be crystal yeah. clear that I, I still have a lot to get better at. Um, yeah. But I think you're right that the same philosophy at work about trying to be a learned at all. It's funny, my, my daughter's going through a process of applying for high school. Mm. And 
I have really, really coached myself in this process because you think you know your daughter, you think you know what school would be great for her. But I have really coached myself, and it has not always been easy, Chris, to lean into exploring what she's feeling about each of these schools, what she's finding that she likes, what she's interested, how her needs are changing, what she experienced when she went on a tour, you know, and it's been great because, um, her thinking has evolved and hence my thinking's evolved. And wow. I think I went into this process, like with, with more clarity in my own mind about what would be the best environment for her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, by kind of coaching myself, say, don't, don't be the first one to react after a school tour. Don't, you know, give your opinion, ask questions, hopefully ask great questions, but ask questions. Right. Um, uh, that has been good coaching for myself to really give her the space. And I have found that, um, when she doesn't, when she authentically doesn't feel like I'm judging a situation, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm kind of interpreting through my own lens, whether something's right, I'm eager and interested in, and authentically curious about what she thinks. It's the exact same thing that happens at work. You have richer conversations and, to have richer conversations with a teenage daughter right now is a prize. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, probably asking, how was school today? Mm, no. Maybe not the best question to be asking anymore. We got to think differently about what's being asked. That's right. Um, but, you know, I love what you're saying because you're helping her grow too. You're helping her learn how to take in information, make a decision, and have confidence you know, mm-hmm. in the decision that she makes with your support, which is very different than shooting on our kids or shooting yeah. on people around us. You know, it's like people don't typically like to be shoulded on. Yeah. Like you should do this. You should do that. You shouldn't do this. And, you know, aside <laughs> from rules that keep keep us safe, mm-hmm. um, you know, or processes and procedures in which we do have to do things a certain way. It's teaching someone how to make a decision and be confident in that decision. Um, which hard, Chris, I love that, but that's hard, right. In our, in our lives to, to truly embody that. And so that's what I love about the idea of you can always get better because I mean, I walked out, I'll just stick with that example. I walked out of the first school with like a strong opinion and it really was, um, it took me, you know, some time to kind of rein in that, um, perspective and just be like, you know, write it down because, uh, you know, what, nice. what the moment is about is what she thinks and how she felt about it. Um, so I don't, you know, I have a lot to learn and get better at in this topic as well. Well, and, you know, I'm hearing that authenticity isn't about, again, it's not the know-it-all. It's not, I know what the best school for you is. I know what the best job for you is. It's about, again, going back to what you said earlier, you know, it's about asking the right questions that enable a person to have some autonomy and the decisions that they make, because it's through that autonomy that they can become really empowered and get behind decisions that they're making and also fall down and learn when they don't make the best decisions. Because you've mentioned right. resilience a few times and explore the different aspects of the decisions. Right. That's where great questions. Yeah. Can you know, um, I've seen this in in uh, in boardrooms when a director will ask a really thought provoking question and you can see when it creates and, and in, a, in a supportive way, right? Not a gotcha, not a like, oh, I bet you haven't thought about blah, blah, not at all. In a truly supportive way, asking a great question can create 
in the minds of others, like, gosh, have we really fully explored that? You know, maybe that's something. And, and so it, it enables a richer decision matrix for the person making that decision. So not only does it give them that empowerment and that autonomy, but it often enriches the way they're thinking about the decision or the criteria they're using or the matrix that they're, they're thinking through before they, before they finalize something. So, um, genuine curiosity, genuine Mm -hmm. curiosity in what people think, not just asking the question, when you have made the decision already, if you just want to make people think they have an input. Right. Or you're leading them to something you already believe. Yeah, exactly. And people can feel that, right? Like when you have a leader that, and that's where I feel like the aspect of authenticity and how that relates to trust. Mm. When you feel like somebody has an ulterior motive and that they're not necessarily empathizing with those that are sitting around that table or those that the decision's going to impact, it can Mm. erode trust. When you don't feel like you're seeing a real person and like you're being asked a question and you're being baited. I feel like people can feel that at a table. Oh, totally. I I think that's, you know, I think, um, yeah, you do feel it. And, uh, and again, like I, am just thinking of my own education, being in rooms with leaders who really were curious and, Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it comes from really unexpected places. I remember having a boss at city. He was the president of the consumer division, banking and credit card mortgage and small business and, 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 um, and, Interestingly, I had he had not had a lot of female direct reports before. He he grew up as the CEO of Banamex, and then he city acquired Banamex, and he, um, by reputation, had never had many female leaders around him. Mm. And when uh, when it, when it, I was told I was going to, he was you know taking on this bigger job, and I was not going to report to him. I was a little bit anxious because I had a fifteen month old, and I was eight months pregnant. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm, you know, how am I going to, how, how am I going to form this sort of connection with my new boss? And he doesn't have a reputation necessarily of having worked with women. And here he's got like this super pregnant woman who has a brand new <laughs> baby at home and yeah. uh, how's it going to work, right? He's sort of one of those masters of the universe finance types. And, um, and I remember, first of all, he was an extraordinary boss. I learned so much from him, but I remember one time he called me to his office and, and, I was back from maternity leave with my second child probably six months after mm-hmm. my second child was born. So I'd been back for, for, say, three months or so. And he called me to his office, and he genuinely was asking, how are you doing balancing being a mom and working? Because he had asked me to take on this big international job. And so, um, uh, you know, and he there was such a genuine curiosity and interest. Now, look, here's a guy who probably was, you know, while he was definitely a great dad, you know, he grew up in an environment because of how successful he was with a, a wife who was home to take care of the kids, a lot of help. And here he was genuinely asking, like, how's it going? What's working? What's not working? Wow. Like, what can we do differently? And um, and I remember within like, you know, two minutes of the conversation, all my guard melted down. Wow. And we had a great conversation about, and I had some ideas on, on ways I could think differently about the global nature of my job and show up as the mom I wanted to be. And he just created such an incredible environment and really encouraged me to say, make the job the way, structure the job, do the job the way it's going to make you um, a great mom too, you know, and he, he was like, I can have a lot of flexibility on how we do this. Um, he said, I have no, you know, you're, you're, you're doing an amazing job, right? You're going to, you're going to keep doing incredible things. So 
but he created this, to your point, authentic, genuine curiosity. He really wanted to know how it was going and how he might think differently to improve. That's a, such a gift as a leader. Like that's an incredible gift to give somebody. A hundred percent. And when you're talking, I'm hearing he put people first. He put you first, not the results that you're trying to achieve, but just connecting with you. And, and long term yeah. perspective, he wanted me to be successful. He, he, I'm sure he saw it wasn't easy to take on this. Like we were in 100 plus countries, a super global job with, you know, a brand new baby and a toddler at home. And mm-hmm. I think he was genuinely interested in how we could structure the job in a way that would keep me excited and passionate about working, you know, for him and with the company. And so, um, yeah, so I, I've been blessed to have leaders in my life, and and you know we've all had the opposite too. But um, but I think I mean Karen's such an incredible example uh, as well, and and sort of her just deep desire to always be learning. So that that's inspiring for me. Yeah, and it's not just learning about deepening your knowledge and your area of expertise. It's about learning about people. Learn about the people on your team, get to know the people on your team. If they know that you're in it, not just for the results that you're trying to aspire to have, but for you as a person, because they care, they care about you. That to me is, it's hard to name that in a skill, but it's almost like it goes back to what you were saying. It's okay not to know everything. It's actually kind of nice when you don't. And when you exercise genuine curiosity, that is not just only about the results, but about the person. And the process that enables those results that often involve our personal and professional lives. And many times we don't feel like we can bring that. That's right. That's beautiful. Okay. Um, I have so many other questions. (laughs) One of the things that I definitely wanted to dive into you with is in these high pressure moments when you're on and you're delivering, I'd love to break down a process that you use to bring authenticity to that. I'll say very quickly, uh, I'll try to do this very quickly. Two, two thoughts. Um, one, play with joy. Play with joy. Yes. You know, play with joy. This is your court, play with joy. And I think um, I always try to ground myself in that, right? Whether I'm showing up for a store visit or a DC visit or an earnings call or a board meeting or, um, you know, to, to bring sort of mindfulness and joy to those circumstances. So that's one thought. The second thing I would say is um, uh, grit and grace. And I think that, you know, I have, I've always tried to balance the tenacity, the persistence, the, you know, the sort of curiosity that that's what I think of as grit um, with grace, the humility, the humanity, the vulnerability, the, you know, the ability to pick yourself back up the resilience. And so to me, a matter of fact, I run, I'm a runner and, um, of course only in Nikes, but I often will do <laughs> on my custom Nike shoes. And sometimes in the back of one show, I'll write great and the other show, I'll write great. Right. It's just a reminder to me to kind of constantly hold those two things in balance. And, um, and if you can do that, I think to your point, um, you know, you can get through a lot of things. You can get through a lot of hard things. You pick yourself back up with a lot of grace. So thank you for giving me this opportunity to chat with you. And let me, um, let me just remind you of your incredible ability as a leader too. I'm so proud of all the work you do. And I'm so, um, appreciative. Everything we talked about today, you exemplify yourself, curiosity and tenacity and grace and humanity and being a learner. Also, thanks for the chance to, to be with you today. Um, 
Thank you, Michelle. I think I'm going to have to listen to that back over and over again. <laughs> Just what you said. Like, make sure you believe that because sometimes it's hard to, you know, believe that. Um, but it means a lot to me to hear that from you and to have this time with you. And I feel like you've shared the ways that you grow further. You're mm -hmm. an avid reader. You are a learn it all. And you even have a to learn list, not a to do list. And I'm so inspired by you. And I look forward to talking to you again. All right, everybody. And that concludes our interview with the Michelle Peluso. Thanks to Michelle. Thanks to you. And I'm hoping that you're leaving inspired. And if you, any of you are like me and you want to hear more from her, you're, I mean, you're not alone. I will do what I can to get her back. But if you want to stay connected to Michelle, if you want to learn more about her, you can reach her on Twitter at Michelle Peluso and through LinkedIn. Those are the best ways to stay connected. In the meantime, Many of you are experiencing the holiday season, myself included. So I just wanted to send a note of happy holidays to you and your family. And I'm hoping that you're taking the time to be grateful for what's around you, to reflect on 2022 and the things that you're grateful for and what you accomplished. And maybe inspired by aspirations for 2023. And if those aspirations aren't very clear, you're also not alone there. So we'll be talking in the next episode a little bit more around those aspirations and the reflection of 2022 to maybe help us get started in 2023 off on a really good foot. Everybody between now and then, take care, grow just a little bit further and happy holidays. listening to the Grow Further podcast. If you'd like to help us grow further, please subscribe. And don't forget to let us know what you thought of today's episode.